Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels on the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. The bowels, I'm telling you. Oh, my bowels. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Ironically, the weird gutlessness of the American empire. What? I will describe in a little bit. Okay. In, in short, we're in it's an not inter- loud enough already. I can barely hear myself party. think. It's an intermation party. Oh, jeez. Oh, I thought it was a big finish. Uh, He's lost his mind. Uh, In short, what I'm talking about is we have the hubris and ambition to adventure all over the world trying to uh, accomplish big things. But when we get there, we have this need to do it in white gloves with our pinky extended. We're not going to decimate the Taliban. We're going to win hearts and minds. We're going to make them love us. We're going to build schools and and flower shops and 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 Hallmark card shops. Well, let's start the show officially, and then I've got some comments on that that I just yeah. learned from Tucker Carlson that I thought were pretty interesting that I didn't know. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it's Tuesday, August seventeenth, the year twenty twenty one. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, then, let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go, Ed, Mark. I am president of the United States of America, and the buck stops with me. There you go. We'll have to get into some of the reception of his speech yesterday, which which ranged really from it was okay to it was the worst thing a president's ever said. There wasn't been, there wasn't much on the positive side of the ledger anywhere, and I mean I'm including CNN and MSNBC. But anyway, what you were saying about the uh, empire? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I've been reading about not only Afghanistan but but Vietnam and and Iraq and Libya and the rest of it, and we have this desire to venture in and and meddle or fix things or boot people out of power but then when it comes to the brutality of actually executing those policies we blanch we we shy away we we recoil in in horror and it's just it's it's this weird half-assedness well nobody's ever tried to do this in the history of the world everybody else has been an actual expansionist empire and we haven't been we try to like settle places down because we think it's in our best interest, but we don't really want to hurt anybody or get too pushy lest we be called imperialists or something like that. And it doesn't work. It doesn't seem to work. I mean, we're the only country that's ever tried to do this. I wonder if maybe we'd, the world would be better off if we just rolled into various places the way like Great Britain did or Rome or whoever, um, the Spaniards. And you just take the country over until you, you know, as long as you need it and rule them as long as you need it. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Tucker was making a point about this yesterday. He mentioned some stuff. Tucker Carlson, which is the most watched cable news show in America, but still that doesn't mean much because most people don't watch cable news. But, and he does this. I only watch his like opening monologue pretty much where he's just, he's, he's 
become an expert at like snarky commentary of the news of the day that he kind of ties together in a point, but doesn't really. It's just it's mostly just a whole bunch of one liners that are fantastic. <laughs> like fun, yes. fantastic. It's it. Yes. His show is like Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Fallon, but instead of jokes about what's going on today, they're like sarcastic biting comments but it's the yes. same sort of thing yeah and it's really interesting like he, he was talking about how did our intelligence agencies we spend whatever it is five billion dollars a year on our intelligence agencies how did they miss that afghanistan was this ready to fall probably because they're busy reading your text messages to make sure you don't make any fun of trans people <laughs> which there's a certain truth to um, but uh, he was talking about uh, some of the the money that we spent in uh, Afghanistan. For instance, Kabul University offered a number of women's studies classes that we forced upon them. You know, we'll give you money for the university if you teach this. Uh, <sighs> you know, an, an unconventional gender roles for men and stuff like this. So we're trying to we were trying to force twenty first century uh, New Hampshire on. Afghanistan, which is a terrible idea. You couldn't have forced that crap on Colorado in 1960, let alone Afghanistan. But we were trying to do that. And uh, what was the other one that I really liked? Uh, Oh, oh, we mandated that the military have at least 10% of the military had to be women and higher percentages that of the government in a country that's nowhere near ready for that sort of thing. Men and women and everybody hated that sort of thing. So what we do instead of go into Iraq and take their oil or Afghanistan and take their minerals, we go around trying to export our woke modern version of the world and force it upon people that live in the year 1000. It's surprising that doesn't work. Bunch of poli sci PhDs in the State Department imagining some sort of perfect world. That reminds them of their university classes. We and can just barely to, make that stuff work. How is Afghanistan going to make that stuff work? Well, in a lot of cases, we can't make it work, and we shouldn't. But, you know, it just to, to soften your point just a little bit, I mean, the Roman Empire, famously, their, their ruling of areas was fairly benign as long as there was no revolt. You could run your economy. The local leaders got to keep power. They just said, all right, we're the new GM. You, you local governors, you're fine. Just great. You report to us now, and let's everybody keep cool. And, you know, that sort of thing. What the heck? I mean, it's just what what bothers me and what really got me going was, uh, you know, coming across not only uh, a couple of official uh, pronouncements from the VA, uh, but hearing from some of the Afghanistan veterans who are our beloved listeners expressing uh, the frustration at the time sacrifice um, and, and, you know, just the effect Afghanistan had on their lives. Yeah. And 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 seeing us pull out precipitously, okay, we can argue about pulling out or not, and and there are you know there are legitimate arguments all around, but what's incredibly frustrating is that we were lied to systematically for two decades about this grand experiment and winning hearts and minds and building up the Afghan army and the Afghan police force and the Afghan uh, government. It was systematic, almost hilariously disingenuous crap out of the government and and our military for years and years and years and years. And that's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard other people comment on where we are with uh, our respect for anybody in authority. 
coming out of, well, you, you know, you could make Afghanistan your focal point for that or all of the pandemic at so many levels. Just sure. wh- who has a government official from any agency show up on their TV and thinks, well, I need to listen to what this person has to say because I'm sure it is going to absolutely be true and and uh, and couldn't be spun in any other direction than what they're about to tell me. Go ahead, speak. Whether there's, there's no a- crisis on the border, we need another three and a half trillion dollars to save America. All don't, of it. Don't wear masks. Do wear masks. Um. Yeah, just who sees an official from any organization show up and think, well, I'm about to get some truth here, some yeah. unvarnished truth with no politics and no lying. Who thinks State that? De- State Department spokeshole tells me the Pacific Ocean is wet. I'm going to walk over and put a foot in just to be sure. <laughs> Friggin' liars. CIA and the NSA are busy reading our text messages to make sure we're not bad-mouthing <laughs> trans. That's their job. Anyway, so how does mailbag look? It is uh, chock full of interesting, uh, pithy, and and uh, thought provoking reactions to the Afghanistan thing. Yeah, we can um, we can run through the, some of the reaction to the president's speech. The most interesting thing I saw yesterday I was watching MSNBC and uh, Nicole Wallace, who I can't stand. She's one of those former Republicans that makes her living bad mouthing the party that made her famous. So um, smug, uh, oh, so uh, smug. But she, but she's like she's a communications person, and I thought this was really interesting. And she might be right. She said uh, after the president's speech, she said ninety five percent of the media hates what happened over the weekend. Ninety five percent of America is glad we're out. She might be right about that. Well, and I'll give you my grade of the president's speech. It's surprisingly charitable on one level. Um. But we can talk about It's going to be interesting to see when polling comes out if if the vast majority majority of people, regardless of how messy it has been for the last couple of weeks, are just good, glad we're out. And that's the end of it. That's that's as deep as the conversation goes. Good luck with your hellhole. Yeah, good luck with your hellhole, your s-hole country. Yeah. Uh, so we got uh, all that stuff on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So evacuation flights have resumed from Hamid Hamid Karzai Airport. How long is that airport named that? (laughs) I wonder if the Taliban is like going to call him and say, hey, by the way, stop calling it that. That's not what we're going to call it. We're going to call it Allah Airport or something. Yeah, but naming it after the first president who's now working with us so that we don't cut his head off. It seems kind of ridiculous. Um, but the- well, in reports uh, hit just before we uh, went to air this morning that the Taliban had ringed the airport and wasn't letting anybody in. Yeah. Well, it continues to be the major fact of this week is everything that's happening at that airport is at the pleasure of the Taliban. And if they decide to blow up the runway, they're going to do it. And there ain't no planes going to come in and out at that point. Uh, so they they must be cooperating. Oh, it's, well, we'll talk about that later. But the one thing I wanted to mention, the flights have resumed. But according to the New York Times, because the Taliban's not letting people in, a lot of the flights are taking off empty. Wow. So the reports you're hearing of how many flights are taking off, some of those planes are completely empty. 
Yikes. And if the you pilot's s- just thinking, well, I'm out. If you saw that picture yesterday, you know how many people you can jam into a plane. But uh, they're taking off empty. Yep. Mailbag. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, hey, ho. Whoa, 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 your, that was close. Oh, boy. It's, a, it's another uh, clumsy withdrawal. Uh, how about oh, a freedom-loving quote of the day? Wow. Yeah. This is, uh, once again, from Robert M. Gates, former Secretary of Defense. Uh, wait for it on this, okay? Wait for it. Uncivil, incompetent in fulfilling basic constitutional responsibilities like timely appropriations, micromanagerial, parochial, hypercritical, egotistical, thin-skinned, often putting self and re-election before country. This was my view of the majority of the United States Congress. Yeah, that's fairly harsh. Pretty accurate. Mailbag. We pay that fife and drum person 50 bucks a day to show up. Mm-hmm. We can only afford one guy, so he's playing the fife. It's right. kind of like balanced on his neck, and he's drumming at the same time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Strapping the fife to his head. <laughs> you know, the jaunty music is somewhat at odds with the topic of most of the or emails. Perhaps we should abandon it. Yeah, how about finish this riff there, Johnny? There you go. There you go. All right, all right, that's fine. Uh, Al writes, maybe we should have been training the Afghan women to defend themselves. They have skin in the game. Yeah. Doug writes, question, if women are forced to wear burqas, do they still have to mask up asking for a friend? That's not funny, Doug. That's not helpful at all. I was talking yesterday about how I don't understand how the media goes along with some of the terminology that the Taliban uses. They don't get to define the terms. How many times have I heard major media figures say, and the Taliban are going door to door and asking uh, fathers to marry off their daughters? No, they call it marrying off. We don't have to call it marrying it off. They're abducting them as rape slaves, and when they're done with them, they'll just leave them behind or kill them. So why are you calling it marrying them off? Yeah, I know. That's sickening. It's a good point. Good point. Hey, Big Freedom and Simple Jack writes, uh, Kevin, I, for one, am just pleased that our leaders at the Pentagon now have time to focus on the real threats to our country, like white rage and domestic terrorists who oppose COVID restrictions. Anyway, on to. Uh, here's uh, Jay. When you had freaking Milley, the guy in charge of everything, um, is he General? General Milley. Yeah, he's chairman of the Joint Chiefs. When you had him a couple of weeks ago talking about how important critical race theory was, Maybe even one minute you spent on critical race theory, you just spent looking at Afghanistan. Ah, yeah, yeah. Jay writes, you should be beating the drum about the root cause of the Afghan circus all the way until Congress acts to remedy the problem. The utter lack of restraint of the executive branch to conduct wars of fiat whenever Mm -hmm. they want to. The War Powers Act has been abused since its inception. No more sending troops anywhere by the president, period. Congress must restrict the War Powers Act. Well, you got, you got to get back to that quote you just had from Robert Gates, though. They're all cowards. They don't yes. want to vote yes or no because what if it doesn't turn out good? Or what if we didn't vote for it and there's a terrorist attack? I'll get blamed. Let's just not vote. Let's just have the president do it. Let's have one guy decide whether we go to war and when it ends. That makes sense. And you have presidents openly saying this is unconstitutional, but it'll buy us a few months. Wow, wow. I think this is how it falls apart. This is what it looks like. Ron writes, uh, what's not being said about Afghanistan? We basically just handed one of the world's biggest lithium deposits to China. Okay. 
Uh, well, to echo Jack's uh, feelings, Barry from Thailand, still loyal American, says, I hope these several thousand troops headed back were vetted to show they are familiar with critical race theory and devoid of white supremacy. We all hope that. We all hope that. Uh, Tim, we should know in a few days, but if all Americans are allowed to leave peacefully from Afghanistan, we might be looking at the best-case scenario. Consider that the only people who seem capable of governing that land are the Taliban, then a peaceful transfer of power back to those thugs might be the best we can hope for. The alternatives are us staying there forever, a long, drawn-out civil war that could end up with the region in chaos. Interesting. Yeah, everybody was predicting a civil war. That didn't happen. No civil war. Right. Right. It's like the Confederates just marched to Washington, D.C. and said, we're a slave country now, and Abraham Lincoln took off on a boat the day before they got there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, again, I'm just I'm, I'm grabbing a sample of all sorts of thoughts from y'all. Anonymous writes, 2,500 soldiers in Afghanistan, but we need to focus on other threats? What, those are our only troops or something? How come no one asks that question? You guys are awesome. Al, you're awesome. Thanks, buddy. Brian Williams asked the best question last night. Uh, but I'll get I'll get to that later. I watched in horror news reports from all the major news outlets what was unfolding in Kabul, writes John. But I think the greater horror was what, watching the Biden administration acting like they had no clue that something like this would happen. What a fuster cluck this is. I'm actually ashamed to be an American citizen today. Well, worse than that, a- acting like it wasn't happening while it was happening. The prediction was horrible, but then the continuing to stick to your prediction as they were marching across the country was just weird. There's no resemblance to Saigon. Zero. Not any. None. Zero. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, if you miss an hour, get on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The truth is... This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. Yeah, I, a lot of the pushback that I saw on that yesterday was were, were from people laying out the case that the Afghan military has fought and lost tens of thousands of people over the last several years. They have fought and fought and fought. And then when we took their air cover... And all the things that they needed to be able to wage a war, they switched sides. They mm-hmm. they didn't not fight. They just realized, okay, we don't have any support anymore. And they switched over to the side that was going to inevitably win. Yeah, I think that's true. I think overall the president, I give him a, a B on making the case that there was no point in staying. Um, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Uh, but I thought he made that case pretty well. But you have that factor and you have the fact that in a, country of militias it's not a country it's a region it's really not a nation state um they the militia that was the military said now we're not strong enough to take these guys on laid down their arms yeah mark Thiessen wrote in the washington post this is a lie speaking to the part about the afghan army not being willing to fight since january 2015 when afghans took over combat operations 
Nearly 60,000 Afghan soldiers have died in combat fighting the Taliban, including more than 2,600 this year. Afghans with U.S. air support held off the Taliban for more than six years. We took away the air support. As far as the speech, a couple of my favorite people, Stephen Hayes, founder of The Dispatch, said, and uh, he's a relatively measured human being generally, but this is what he tweeted out. That's one of the worst presidential speeches I've ever heard. The cowardice, the incoherence, the blame shifting, the internal contradictions. For Biden to point to the events of last week as evidence that his decision was the right one just boggles the mind. Joe Biden, the leader of the free world, portraying himself as a helpless, passive actor in Afghanistan. Pathetic. That was kind of the thing. I didn't have any choice. All these things were happening. And one more from Jonah Goldberg, also from the dispatch. This is a summary of Biden's speech. I thought this was pretty good. The buck stops with me, and I take full responsibility, but my hands were tied by Trump, and this is the Afghan military's fault. We were prepared for this, but we were caught off guard. We're giving the country to the Taliban, but we'll hold them accountable. Wow. The list of contradictions. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 is good analysis. Uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. I, I feel like every, every target's moving because the idea of continuing to prop up a government with very little popular support and an army that was mostly, with all due respect to the battle deaths, the army was mostly hollow. It was fictional. This, the special forces were effective fighters, but the 300,000 plus uh, Afghan army, that's a fiction. It might have been a quarter of that legit fighters. Um, so, so are you in favor of keeping 2,500 guys there indefinitely, forever, and holding off the Taliban? That's one question you have to answer. I, around here, we've been thinking no, probably not, if it's not strategically important enough. But that's, to me, okay, let's, let's just lay that aside. If we decide to get out, how best to get out? Are our plans in place? Do we have a rock-solid evacuation plan? Do we know who we're going to get out, when, and how? The answer to all those questions are no. That's where I really fault the leadership of the military and, and, and the civilian leadership. Yeah, Brian Williams on MSNBC asked the question last night, and, he, and I thought this was a very good point. Why didn't we leave our Air Force base that was outside of the city and completely fortified open until the very end, like make it the last thing we closed and flown everybody in and out of there as opposed to the local airport that's in town and not secure at all? And he was asking his general on there, and the general said, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, that, that would have been the obvious thing to do. Ugh. You hold on to your Air Force base that you have already, you know, secured until the very end, until you get everybody out. Then you, you know, right. turn off the lights and leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the answer to that maybe is they were completely, wildly, unforgivably wrong about how long the government and the the armed forces and police would hold out. So they thought they had six to nine months mm-hmm. before to get all those people out of Kabul. I mean, and they had a, six days. There's a clip here. Let me see if I can find the right one from Tucker. Speaking of that, that I thought was really good. Um, I'm not sure which one it is, but he was just making the point of because uh, Kirby talked about it being a you know we 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 finished off a successful closing of the embassy. Oh, really? Is that what a successful closing of the embassy looks like when you're smashing computers with hammers and burning files? Yeah, it looks like clip number ninety-one. You want to try that one? But most of what they've lost is their self-awareness. They have none. Until just this weekend, for example, they had no idea how badly they were failing in Afghanistan. 
Here's John Kirby of the Pentagon explaining that, calm down America, everything in Kabul is under control. Keep in mind, we have not edited this tape and it's not from last year. This is three days ago. Kabul is not uh, right now um, uh, in an um, imminent threat environment. Oh, good job, John Kirby. Think he'll keep his job? Of course he'll keep his job. A man who's willing to defend pregnant fighter pilots can work in Washington forever. And so can Mark Milley at the Joint Chiefs and the rest of the woke clowns at the Pentagon. Generals who are much more worried about white rage in West Virginia than they are about our enemies abroad. When was the last time these guys won a war? Seriously, they hate it when you ask that question. Nothing bothers them more. But what's the answer? When was that? I, I, I don't know. Books will be written about this. Studies will be done. I don't know. Will, will anybody lose their job? That's that's amazing to me. But I'm used to that, too. I mean, I'm so cynical about this stuff. Um, uh, well, you, you would think a debacle like this. Joe Scarborough said it was it's a, one of the biggest debacles in U.S. military history. Um, Leon Panetta, former secretary of defense and CIA director under Obama. Uh, and Bush said it's uh, uh, akin to the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Does anybody resign? Does anybody get fired? Does anybody have to say, hey, look, I'm in charge of intel for Afghanistan. I obviously got this wrong. I resign. Does that happen or no? Everybody just keeps on keeping on. Well, in answer to your question, yeah, they keep on keeping on. Resign and take responsibility. Ha, ha, ha. No, you actually, you just say you take responsibility. Full responsibility. Then you stay in your gig. couple of thoughts. Number one, remarkable the fire coming from the left at the Biden administration. Absolutely. It's worth just, you know, checking that off. Uh, secondly, what was I going to say? Oh, you were talking about... Oh, yeah, I watched on CNN, and after the president's speech, Jake Tapper had like nine people up there, and all of them were critical of Biden on CNN. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Right but again, what was I going to say, God dang it, it was it, important. Is Go that ahead. where America is on this? I have no idea. Because the polls showed America wanted out pretty bad. So how, yeah, I have how a feeling there's down? tons of ambivalence. People aren't exactly sure what to think. They just know what they're seeing is a, a debacle. Uh, there was there was a, a gent on with uh, Brian Williams last night who's absolutely terrific, Matt Zeller. We want to play you some of his clips uh, coming up in a moment or two. Oh, oh, I know what it was to your, your point about people resigning. Uh, President Trump came out in, in a written statement and said Joe Biden should resign in disgrace. I don't know if that's like a special ceremony of resignation, the in disgrace version of it. <laughs> Or do you sign a form, or do you wear a dunce cap when you resign? I don't know, but he said you should resign in disgrace. Joe Biden is a dummy. There was the picture of the day yesterday and the video of the day yesterday. The picture of the day, of the day was the inside of that giant plane that had 650 uh, mostly dudes, because women are scared to come out of their homes, that had gotten onto the plane. And they weren't supposed to be on the plane, but they decided, well, we might as well take off. And I don't know where they're going. But, I mean, that's a hell of a thing. Try to imagine leaving your country, probably the rest of your family, and with nothing but the clothes in your back. You don't even know where you're going. Right. Just because you think it's going to be that bad to live there. And then the video of the day, uh, I assume most of you saw it, that giant plane taking off with all those people rushing to try to grab onto it, hanging off the sides of it, some of them falling when it was way up in the air. I mean, that's... You're pretty desperate to get out of there if you're willing to grab onto that plane and think I'm going to hold on as long as I can. Oh my God! Yeah, it's hard to even plunge Im- into their deaths. Yeah. It's hard to mm. even imagine that level of desperation. 
Yeah. Most of us yeah. will never have it in our lives, thank God. Yeah. Well, let's play that uh, Matt Zeller stuff. If you're, We actually got a couple of emails saying, guys, I, I don't understand what, what should we have done? What went wrong? I get that it's chaos, but, you know, what would good have looked like? Well, he gives us a really good picture of that. Okay. So that's coming up. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you. Somebody sent me a picture of uh, Taliban driving around in uh, some Ford trucks. I was wondering why all the imports. Well, the Toyotas. <laughs> but uh, they're driving Fords, too. I would think if you want to humiliate the great Satan, you drive around in some Fords and Chevys. But, uh, How are they getting trucks? They got chips there? Maybe they're getting the chips from China. <laughs> Good question. So we'll update you on the the news and developments of uh, not only Afghanistan, but all sorts of different uh, stuff going on in the world uh, at the beginning. Next hour, if you can hang around, this is a perspective I think worth hearing. I believe the hook-nosed congenital liar Brian Williams uh, introduces his guest. It's terrific. 76. We'll start there. We want to bring into the conversation Matt Zeller, former first lieutenant during the war in Afghanistan, former combat advisor with Afghan security forces, co-founder of No One Left Behind, a veterans organization that offers services to former Afghan and Iraqi interpreters who resettle here in the United States. Mr. Zeller, it's uh, almost ironic now to state the name of the organization you founded. Um, given what we're watching go on, though I'm curious to hear your reaction of this consequential speech by the American president. Didn't run from it. He owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it, the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths, too. I, I don't I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold faced lie in that speech. The idea that we planned for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. Let's just roll on with 77. I'm appalled that he thinks that we only need to take 2,000 people. There's 86,000 people who are currently left behind in Afghanistan alone. We've identified all of them for the government. I have no idea why they, 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 he claims that people don't want to leave Afghanistan. I have a list of 14,000 names right now of people who want to get out of Afghanistan. And the idea that the Afghan military should be blamed for this, do you know how many casualties the Afghan military took in an average year? More than the United States did in 20. When you're not getting paid on a regular basis, when you're not getting fuel, when no one is supplying you with ammunition, and yet you're still showing up to the fight, how dare us for having to blame these people for not having the audacity to be able to survive a Taliban onslaught? No, no, no. What we need to be doing right now, and what I am appalled that the president didn't say, was we need to be talking about how we're going to get every single one of these people out. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, pointing out uh, the rampant dishonesty in the president's speech. Uh, clip 78. 
Because let's be abundantly clear. People like me looked these people in the eye and made them a promise. We promised them that in their time of need, we would take care of them. How do you ever expect anyone to ever trust us again if we don't do that now while we can? And I'm sick and tired of trying to defer to the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan on what we're going to do. We're the United States of America. They're terrified of us. I have... Afghans on the ground right now who are telling me they're going door to door in Kabul and they're making lists of people who used to work with us. They're telling them with smiles on their face, evil smiles, that they're going to be back from them once we leave. So we either take them now or these people are going to die. Yeah, as I heard a report this morning, those people that want to get to the airport, there's no way to get to the airport. Wherever you are in Kabul, there's no way to get to the airport. Right. Right. And then in uh, the following clip, Mr. Zeller uh, highlights one of the most appallingly dishonest and pathetic parts of the speech to me. Go ahead. I've been trying to tell anyone who will listen. This is a never again moment in the making. This is an administration that seems to be a profound champion of human champion and defender of human rights. Well, sometimes human rights have to be defended at the barrel end of a gun. The Taliban are a modern version of the Nazis. And if this was Dresden, do you think British, or sorry, not Dresden, if this was Dunkirk, do you think British, um, you know, yachting pilots, the British captains that were sailing their boats heroically in Dunkirk, do you think they were asking on the beaches if the people they were picking up were Brits or French, or do you think they were just trying to get people away from the Nazis? Every Afghan we leave behind is going to be left behind to a horrible existence. And if we don't take them now while we can, that is as much on us as it is on the Taliban who will hang or behead them. Yeah, yeah. The the, the horrors are happening out in the country. There aren't many horrors that are happening in Kabul right now. I think it's the Taliban is just playing to uh, uh, their, their strengths while they're still, you know, media around and whatever else as soon as everybody gets out that's why i think they're letting us get out they, go ahead get out we want you out go ahead and leave right. and as soon as you leave then we'll do what we're already doing in the countryside here in kabul yeah they're brutally wily they're reestablishing their control they're getting all their tentacles out into the government offices the police stations the checkpoints they're making sure they have complete control and security before they unleash the horrors the 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 horrific pathetic part i was talking about was and we probably have the clip and take too long to find it but in the biden speech he says this horrible mealy-mouthed crap about uh the rights of women and girls in afghanistan we'll continue to speak out for those rights. yeah that's 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 that you're better off not saying anything than saying that but there there are two separate things going on here and i feel like they get uh mixed together a whole bunch If we had left in the most perfect manner, not a shot fired, we got everybody out, everybody who's ever helped us, and got them out the door, all this bad stuff the Taliban's doing was still going to happen. And uh, you you can't confuse the two things. Um, And you have to make an argument, oh, well, then we should have stayed. Okay, and fine, that's a decent argument. You can make that argument. Maybe that's a good idea. I'm not sure. But uh, this horrible stuff that's going on with the Taliban and the way women are being treated and all that, well, that was going to happen no matter how we got out. And I God, I read an article last night. They're interviewing this woman. She is one of the mayors or whatever they call them, one of those provincial capitals, female. And mm-hmm. she said, they're going to kill me. She said, I know they're going to kill me, but I'm not hiding. I, I got no place to go. It's just a matter of time before they come to this town, they come to my house, and they kill me. I know that's what's going to happen. I know that's my fate. Wow. It's just unbelievable. 
But she said, where am I going to go? You know, we're a, we're a country, an aging empire that uh, worships weakness now. And the Taliban are brutal. They're strong. They're ruthless. And they worship strength. And the polite, gentle, winning hearts and minds uh, method of, of running our, our empire, I don't think it works. I don't think it works even a little bit. It's kind of sickening. China's willing to do a lot of this sort of stuff the Taliban does, just in a different sort of way. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they, uh, you know. Anyway, it's it's gruesome. The, the, Boy, and we're going to be on the hook for China, to China, for all sorts of rare metals that are needed for your green dreams of your battery-powered this, that, and the other, everybody in an electric car. That's going to be completely dependent on China and them letting us have lithium and other precious metals that they're going to get out of Afghanistan, among other places. That's uh, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, boy. We should uh, really lecture the Taliban about driving all those gas-guzzling trucks, too. They need to get on board with the whole global warming thing. I'm just impressed that they get trucks. Come on down to Kabul Ford. We're well stocked with F-150s, F-250s. We can uh, bring you up to speed on some of the very latest on what is happening on the ground and, you know, and other news of the day for you to kick off Hour 2. If you ever miss an hour, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com. And then after the show, we record another segment that maybe you've never heard called One More Thing. And that's available at armstrongandgetty.com also. Exclusively via podcast. Exclusive. Yeah. Yes. Very rare and hard to get. Armstrong and Getty.